Here we are, folks. We are live. It is Thursday, April 22nd. Another day, another story. I'm Tom Young. We're here for Money Shifts Podcasts and Facebook Live. Got an interesting discussion today. We got a great word. Word today is innovation. And uh, I want to start out today, as we do every day, with prayers for everybody in the world affected by this China virus stuff going on. Uh, I believe everybody has been affected in some way or another. Uh, we will get over it. People are great. We will figure a way out of it. We will figure a way over it. Our prayers also go out for the loved ones who have been lost that the Lord would open his arms and take them into his heaven above. We also pray for those who have lost the loved ones. Uh, some of the times they weren't even able to go to a funeral home and pay their last respects. But anyway, in Jesus' name we pray. As we get started today, you know, interesting thing today, the title today is going to be Principles of Creative Cooperation. And and what we're at, we're into the the public victory. We're rounding the turn here and getting into the last section uh, of the public victory. And next week we will start on habit number seven, uh, which is sharpen the saw. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow and prepare for next week in the end of the month. And uh, maybe the first of next week, I'll give you some highlights of the new book for May, which is The Road Less Traveled by Robert Frost. Uh, interesting book. Uh, he, he is a psychiatrist, and uh, it, it's going to be some interesting talks, I'm sure. Uh, our word today, starting out very simply, is innovation. The action or process of innovating, a new method, idea, product, etc. John Maynard Keynes, okay? economists from back in the 1930s, the difficulty lies not so much in developing new ideas as in escaping from old ones. You know, and we, we have had, we have had uh, discussions in the past uh, about old ideas. You know, we all have and live our lives based on a series of habits. If you think about it, you get up in the morning, you get out of bed probably the same way. Uh, you shut the alarm clock off like I do every morning and, and I get up, I sit on the side of the bed and then I head for the bathroom. And, and you know, I have this routine that I do every morning just about. And those are habits that we follow every day. So much of what we do every day are based on habits. Therefore, the analysis of this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, we need to create some new habits. Now, you cannot eliminate an old habit. That's sort of what Keen says here, the new idea as in escaping from old ones. You can only change your habits by overlaying a new habit. And they always talk about the, the 21 days. You have to do something for 21 days for it to become a habit. Now that's the generality of it. Uh, I would think that some people require 30 days or more to create an unwavering ongoing habit uh, that they can follow and, and get into as, as they do what they do. 
So habits are so very important. Uh, innovation is new things, new ideas, new habits. Uh, and, and we need to work at those kind of things. There's a story in here. It's an interesting story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the gist of it is, is in the 1800s, large cities around the world were drowning in horse manure. In order for these cities to function, they were dependent on thousands of horses for transportation of both people and goods. The huge number of horses created a major problem. They sort of pooped on the street, you know, between 15 and 35 pounds of manure per day. They also urinated in the street. So all of this brought about what? Disease. So typhoid fever spread and other diseases. The horses also produced about two pints of urine per day. To make things worse, the average life expectancy of a working horse was around three years. But the bodies were often left to purify. <laughs> I like that, purify. So the corpses could be more easily sawn into pieces for removal. They didn't have backhoes back then, you know? You know what a backhoe is, big machine with a motor? They didn't have those. So the solution to this terrible situation were offered at the world's first international urban planning conference in New York, but no solution could be found. And it wasn't until a man solved the impossible problem, his name was Henry Ford. And what did Henry Ford create? He came up with the automobile. Interesting in, in the stories to think about that, of how things go. Now we talk about the seven habits of highly effective people. We're talking about part three in the book, and this is the public victory. We talked about think win-win this week. And, and if you lay that in your mind and, and, and let yourself think about it a little bit, would you ever want to do business where you were the loser and the other guy won or the other person or the business? So that was a lose-win situation. Would you want to be involved in that? You, you, you wouldn't want to impose a win-lose where you're the winner and everybody else loses, the business loses, well, they would go out of business. It can't work that way. So it only has to work with win-win. It can't be just win for one side or the other. It has to be win-win. So whatever the transaction is, it has to equally benefit both parties in looking at it. The next one is seek to understand before expecting to be understood. And, and that is a deep one because, you know, I've talked about this for a long time, years in, in, in the talks that I've given. You know, you cannot judge another person. Judge not that ye be judged, as the Old Testament uh, says. And, and in that thinking, when somebody has an opinion that is different than yours, and you try to impose your opinion on this other person, guess what? A person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. So you, you cannot do that. That You know, arguments that happen because of somebody's opinion, one person's opinion versus another person's opinion is, is just, it's, it's a human nature problem is what it is because you have to have respect for other people's opinions. Unless you walk a mile in their shoes, you, you, you don't, you have to accept 
that their opinion is their opinion. They arrived at that opinion based on information that they have received or experienced the same as you. I mean, I look at what I do financially and I've been at this for 45 years. I've taken all the courses. I have all these initials after my name and, and a lot of people in my profession have taken those same courses and how did they end up thinking differently? Or the question is, how did I end up with a different perspective, a different perception, a totally different paradigm on how financial decisions should be made. And what I do, I can absolutely mathematically prove what I do. So I have gone through the process of opening my mind with an open mind and looking at these positions, these opinions that became truth by mathematical proof. How, how did that happen? How, how is my opinion backed by mathematical proof? How did I end up so different than other people's thinking in my same profession that took a lot of the same classes? What was the magic ingredient that I was exposed to that literally led me to the thinking that I have today that is very different. My unique approach is simple. I believe in avoiding losses, not chasing interest rates. Everybody puts their faith on a bunch of assumptions and assume the word assume makes an ass out of you and me. And I guess I can say that that word is in the Bible. It's in the dictionary, so I can say it. But that's what assume means to me. And the more assumptions that you make, in trying to figure out a future to work towards, the greater the risk. The financial world even has a program called Monte Carlo Simulations, where they take all of your assets and the plan that you have, and they run a million or more various simulated calculations all the million different ways the results could come out based on the stock market history or whatever. And all of a sudden this, the, it comes back and your, your advisor says, well, you have a 94% chance that your financial plan is going to be successful. Oh, okay. What does that mean, Tom? Well, could you imagine going down to the airport and getting on an airlines, whether it's Southwest Delta, I don't care what airlines it is. You get on the airplane, you get situated in your seat, and today we got to wear a mask and all that other stuff. But all of a sudden, they come on and say, the door is now closed. You have to turn off your telephone, you know, your cell phone and all that stuff. And then the pilot comes on and says, I have great news for you today. We have a 94% chance that we're going to get to our destination today. I don't know about you. Do you want to stay on the airplane or do you want to get off? So let's deal with the way we make decisions, whether it be financial decisions in our life, personal decisions, whether you have decided to become the CFO at home because you are one, your household is a business. You need to run your household like a business. Now that leads me to today and, and today's element is called synergize. And, and, and what is 
synergize. So when we look at this and, and talk about synergizing, principles of creative cooperation, and this is a quote from George Bush, the inaugural address of President George Bush. I take as my guide the hope of a saint. In crucial things, unity is important things, diversity in all things, generosity. And synergy, what is synergy? Simply defined, it means that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. If you put two pieces of wood together, they will hold much more than the total of the weight held by each one. Example, you take two two by fours. And, and, and now how much weight would it take to break that two by four? You have it sitting up on two cement blocks and you put weight on it until the two by four breaks. Now you take two two by fours and you glue them together. So now it's double thick. So you would think the weight would be twice as much. And it is not, it is much more than that. It is multiplied. So you get the idea for synergy and, and, and what they're talking about. So synergy needs to happen whether it's in your family setting. Remember the sum of the parts equals, the whole equals more than the sum of the parts. That could be a family situation, it could be a business situation, whatever it is. But it's important. So today we want to remember that we want to work as a cohesive team in our life. Whether it's a family unit, a business unit, however it is together. But this is part of this cooperative communication that we have to have with other people in order to find synergy in the things that we do so that we find a bigger result based on the pieces that are put together. God bless. Tom Young, signing off. Prayers for everybody. Get my new book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. Get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of the big booksellers. You can also go to cfo-project.com. There it is, cfo-project.com. Put in your name and email address. You'll instantly get a download and a link to my book. You'll be able to download cover to cover, put it on your computer, your cell phone, and be able to read it there. Now, when you go to cfo-project.com, there is an opportunity there. See, it's up here above my head. Right there it is, right there. See it? You have access to other information. This is the place where you can begin to gain some real valuable knowledge. There are four other books there, a fifth one coming shortly, and a one-hour video, Change Your Life, Change Your Future. With that being said, God bless. We'll see you tomorrow at noon.